Welcome back to the TGI Podcast, and I hope you've been enjoying our new bonus episodes like this one that we've been putting out all this month. And this week, I want to go back and take a look at this past decade to determine my favorite Christmas movies of recent vintage. But there is one little caveat here, though, and that is none of the movies that came out here in 2022 will be a part of that list. So as much as You've already heard, if you've listened to bonus episodes, know that I really enjoyed A Christmas Story Christmas. Spoiler alert, it would probably be number one on this list, uh, quite honestly. Uh, Also, Spirited, that came out. That might be another one that we might do a little bonus episode about as well. Um, But those are ones that I think maybe in January, after the season has finally come to an end... Then I'll go back through and look at some of the specials and some Christmas releases. I still want to see um, some some of the other movies that have come out so far uh, this year before I can actually add them to my list. So this specific episode will feature anything from 2011 through 2021. So now that we've got that out of the way, on to the list. And coming in at number five is a little mix of horror, little mix of Christmas, and that goes to Krampus. It's the most wonderful time of the year with the kids jingle bells. Merry Christmas! Looks like Martha Stewart threw up in here. This is delicious, honey. A little dry. Well, mine's delicious. Mine's dry. Do you want to trade? It's the It's Christmas. It's Christmas. It's Christmas. With those holiday greetings and How are we gonna survive Christmas with 12 people stuck in a house with no heat and no electricity? Or food. There's plenty of leftovers, Howard. Beer it is. It's the weirdest thing. There's no cars, no people. How long can this keep up? We heard something on the roof. What the hell is this? St. Nicholas is not coming this year. Instead, a much darker ancient spirit. Those are hooves. Elk or a goat? What kind of goat walks on its hind legs? His name is Krampus. He and his helpers did not come to give, but to take. Hold on to each other. He is the shadow of Saint Nicholas. Nothing bad 
that's gonna happen on Christmas. Krampus was released in 2015 and it is listed as a Christmas horror comedy film. So a lot going on in this movie. It was directed by Michael Doherty, who also had a film that showed up in my Halloween list with Trick or Treat. So I enjoy the way that he makes movies. And I think the story is very unique. Uh, It dives into the folklore of the character of Krampus, something that we have not seen a lot about in uh, any sort of movie adaptation. Honestly, before watching this, this is something I hadn't watched until a couple years ago. The only thing I knew about Krampus was from The Office, from the episode Dwight Christmas, where Dwight dresses up as Krampus and he he says whether or not somebody is impish or admirable. So that was all I really knew about this character until I finally sat down and watched this movie. And honestly, one of the big reasons why I sat down and watched this was they spoke so highly of it on on. Tis the Podcast, as you know, is one of my favorite shows. Uh, Those folks over there are great. I've been on their show a few times. Tom and Anthony have been on mine as well. That they sort of led me down the path to finally watching this movie. And I really, really enjoyed it. And the story itself, it centers around a dysfunctional family. And there's a young boy who has lost his Christmas spirit. And the film, it's very obviously not a traditional Christmas film, but the music and the ambiance in this movie are just so good. It gives you the warm feelings. If you took out all of the quote-unquote scarier parts with Krampus and everything going on, it just screams Christmas movie, and it feels so warm and comforting. And I think that juxtaposition between that warm, comforting feeling and what's going on for these people throughout the film it really ties it in very, very well. It, it, it's it's really hard not to get in the Christmas spirit watching this, despite the fact that it has a monstrous character <laughs> like Krampus in it. it. It might be... Now, I will say, this movie is not one that when December rolls around, I have to watch it multiple times. But this is one where maybe in October, even late September or something, maybe I'm starting to get the itch, where around that time of year, I want to watch something maybe a little spookier, a little scarier, with Halloween on the horizon. This is a perfect sort of transition type movie for me, but it's one that, even though it's not one that I'm going to watch each and every December multiple times, it's one I'm going to continue to watch a lot leading up to it. And I think sometimes you need those types of movies, something to sort of lead you into that. And on top of the great ambiance, the music, it also is a very, very strong cast Adam Scott plays the father. Tony Collette, who's phenomenal in everything she does, plays the mom. David Koechner, who if you uh, are a fan of Anchorman or a fan of The Office, he was Tom Packard on The Office, you know, a a hateable but likable type character. He plays very much a Packard type character in uh, this movie. But it has a lot of action, a lot of humor, and ultimately I loved the ending. Uh, I'm not going to spoil it for you if you haven't seen it. I do recommend giving it a watch. So if you're looking for a non-traditional film to watch around the holidays, and again, it's something I think is perfect for September, October, even November, um, I cannot recommend Krampus enough. So now that we've got number five out of the way, let's move on to number four on the list, and that goes to... A Bit Christmas. 
Every kid has that one gift they want more than anything for Christmas. This is the story of mine. Bookends? And they have baseballs on them. I see that. No, not those. Nintendo. A maze of rubber wiring and electronic intelligence so advanced it was deemed not a video game, but an 8-bit entertainment system. No Nintendo in my house. I second that. Looks like a no-go on Nintendo. I needed a Christmas miracle. The year was 1987, or was it 88? Super Bowl was in 86. Okay, does it really matter, Dad? Okay. The year was the late 80s. I was 11 years old. Did you wear a helmet? Yeah. We always wore helmets in the 80s. Me and my friends would do anything just to play one. Any of you huddle masters want to play? Yeah! What have you brought me? I got a goldfish! Untraceable! Cash money! It's the final countdown! One thing became clear. I needed to get my own. This is bigger than Christmas. Our Vietnam. I don't think that means what you think it means. I have no idea what it means. We're gonna get in so much trouble. Sometimes during Christmas, just when you think that all hope is lost, something magical happens. Sold out in 20 minutes. Suddenly, one woman punched her grandma right in the throat. Same family, too. Are you making all this up? No, no, no way. You guys here in the race selling contest? First prize is a brand new Nintendo Entertainment System. I'm gonna kill you. Hold on. There are no rules. That Nintendo's mine. What do you want? Wanna buy a wreath? Ma! This kid thinks your wreath sucks! Video games have been doing all kinds of strange things to children. What? It was the 80s. Stuff got real. Red Dog, this is Bluebird. This is Rainbow One. What happened to Red Dog? I changed it. We're allowed to change names now. This is Millennium Falcon, super cool. Woo! Love it. Rated PG. 8-Bit Christmas was released in 2021 on HBO Max, and it instantly became a classic for me. The story, it's essentially a Christmas story. It's just set in the 1980s. For somebody like myself who loves a Christmas story, it's my favorite Christmas movie. I went into it hoping it would be good, hoping it wasn't a massive ripoff. And even though it was kind of a ripoff of A Christmas Story, I do think they told a very fun and loving uh, story in this movie. So instead of a kid longing for a BB gun like Ralphie does in A Christmas Story, the main character of Jake in this desperately wants a Nintendo for Christmas. And it's very nostalgic driven. For somebody like myself, I was born in the 80s. I wanted a Nintendo, so I know what it was like having that desire to get something, to get a gift like this. So it really resonated with me, and I think with a lot of people probably born around that age, uh, around that time, it would also resonate with you as well. It has a lot of laugh-out-loud moments, but ultimately the ending in this 
where you find out that Jake's dad built him a treehouse and Jake is lamenting about all the incredible adventures he had inside that house growing or inside that treehouse growing up. It 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 just hit me. And these types of movies that do that hit me. You know, Jake narrates that he eventually bought his own Nintendo, but it paled in comparison to the gift that his father gave him that Christmas. And I am such a sucker for a father-son story. So it hit me. I love that it was a little bit different. I mean, I went into it thinking, okay, it's going to be just like the old man in A Christmas Story when he gets Ralphie the BB gun at the end. I thought dad's going to come through and he's going to get this BB gun or get this Nintendo for his son. But instead, he built him something that he was going to use for years and years and years. When video game systems, they updated, and it's move over Nintendo, I want Super Nintendo, move over Super Nintendo, I want a Nintendo 64, I want a Game Boy, I want a PlayStation, all these different things, but he always had that treehouse, so I think that is just such a sweet, sweet part of this story. The cast as well is very good, Neil Patrick Harris, he plays the adult version of Jake, he does the narration, Uh, we also have Winslow Fegley, he plays the young version of Jake, and I thought he was a pretty good actor for a child actor, June Diane Raphael plays Jake's mom, one of my favorite, favorite underrated actors of all time, Steve Zahn plays Jake's dad, which I really, really enjoyed him in this as well, he played sort of that curmudgeon-y, overworked father, but then you realize... He's doing, he's building this treehouse behind a shed in the backyard without his son noticing. And it's just, he just played it very well. So if you were a child of the early 80s, a child of the 90s, and it also doesn't hurt if you like a Christmas story, I think you'll really enjoy this movie. So with that said, let's move on to number three on our list. A Boy Called... Christmas. The universe is made of stories. Where anything and everything can happen. Long ago, nobody knew about Christmas. Until a boy showed the world how to believe in the impossible. This movie completely took me by surprise. I have a bit of a love-hate relationship with Netflix original Christmas films. I think they are either very, very good or they are very bad. There's not a lot of in-between for me. So I was skeptical at first going into this one, but I have to admit, I really, really loved it. And at the time of recording this, my wife and I just watched this again this past weekend, and I still loved it just as much this time as I did the first time. The film, it was released on Netflix in 2021, and it was based off a book of the same name by Matt Haig. Uh, The movie, it tells the story of Nicholas and an incredible adventure he goes on where he eventually discovers a special place called Elfhelm. He meets elves and all these different things. Uh, He has his buddy Mika, who is a mouse (laughs) with him, who steals the show in my mind. He is so funny. Um, 
the two of them, they get into some crazy situations. There's a little bit of, um, there, there's obviously humor, but there's also some, some scarier moment, quote unquote, scarier moments in this movie. And I think it ties together very well. They're confronted by mother Vodol who hates humans, but, uh, her faith is restored when she learns that Nicholas's mother was once her friend when they were younger, and it ends with the idea that Nicholas eventually becomes Santa Claus. This is very much me trying to jam the storyline of this movie into a few sentences. It goes far beyond that. I, I think the the film is one that both adults and children can really enjoy. It's got a little bit of action and adventure in it as well. And it's very sweet, very sweet movie. And it also has a very strong cast. It includes Toby Jones, Sally Hawkins, Kristen Wiig, and a very <laughs> out-of-nowhere type of uh, role for her. I was very surprised the first time I saw this to see her in it. Uh, Zoe Coletti, Jim Broadbent, Maggie Smith. So we've got some Harry Potter connections in this movie. And my absolute favorite 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 actor in this movie is Stephen Merchant as the voice of Mika. I love Stephen Merchant, uh, obviously one of the creators of the original uh, of The Office. Uh, the British version also worked on the U.S. version. I find him hysterical in this movie and he very much makes me laugh. So like I said, it's good for both kids and adults. It has great winter atmosphere, a great message. It's also one that I think you don't have to watch directly in Christmas. It's something that I think you could even watch after Christmas, and it's not going to make you sad or depressed about the fact that Christmas is over, because I think it tells a fun, um, you know, heartfelt story that the atmosphere is far more wintry than Christmassy, so I do recommend giving that one a watch. Now let's move ahead to number two on our list, and this is another one that took me by surprise, and that is Happiest Season. I just woke up thinking about going home with you and got very excited about Christmas. I get to go meet the people that made my favorite person. I'll always take December away over summer. Abby, you and Harper have a perfect relationship. She is my person, and I really want everyone to know that. I want to marry her. What are you doing on your phone? I left a gentleman alone in my apartment, so I'm tracking him to make sure he leaves. You're tracking him? Yeah, I track everybody. If the NSA can do it, so can I. I'm so excited. I can't believe I'm finally going to meet everyone. There's something that we should talk about. I didn't tell my parents I'm gay. So who do they think I am? This is Harper's orphan friend, Abby. Yes, of course. They're there. You're so brave. <laughs> you don't need to be. I cannot believe I've got all my daughters under one roof. So her parents believe their straight daughter brought home her lesbian friend for Christmas? Not exactly. They also think that I'm straight. Have they ever met a lesbian? This is why I avoid Christmas. It brings out the worst in everything. I've always skated circles around you. <laughs> I love it when they do this. You're such a cheater! Makes it so fun. No way! Just be yourself. But don't lie. You're a very bad liar. Riley! Harper. This is Abby. Abby is my orphan roommate. We, I am an orphan, but we live together as friends. Um, like acquaintances. Oh, please don't. Yeah. Ring out on I can relate to being in love with somebody that is too afraid to show the world who they are. <laughs> what are you doing in the closet? I'm here to rescue you. Are you the ex-boyfriend? Yes, I am very sexually attracted to her. Mm. A female. 
I nailed that and she is fabulous. Do you know how painful it's been to watch the person that I love hide me? I am not hiding you. I am hiding me. Everybody's story is different. Just because Harper isn't ready doesn't mean she doesn't love you. Abby, honey, are you okay? Huh? Morning. I'm sorry about all this mess. Morning, kids. Morning. Honey, I'm headed to the office. Have a good day. You know I will. Happiest Season was released on Hulu in 2020, and it is labeled as a rom-com slash drama. In the film, it is about a woman named Harper, who's bringing her girlfriend Abby home with her for the holidays, but she's not yet come out to her parents. In this film, it touches on the struggles for some to come out to their family. It also shows how it can affect someone's partner, someone who was put in this position by their partner. And... I'll be honest, I went into this movie appreciative of the storyline, but more so I was worried about Kristen Stewart. And honestly, I've never seen any of the Twilight movies, but I know her reputation sort of precedes her. So I wasn't going into it with high expectations that she was going to hit this out of the park. But in all honesty, I thought she was fantastic as the character of Abby. And she wasn't one-dimensional. She had different sides. She, she acted the hell out of this role, and I was very impressed by her. And the entire cast itself in this movie is very good. I thought Mackenzie Davis, who plays Harper, is also was also a very good actress, showing the emotion and the struggles that this character of Harper is going through in, during the holidays, trying to be the perfect daughter and trying to live up to family expectations, all while hiding a bit of who she is, and in turn having to hide... Her, the love of her life, and Abby as well. So I thought she was fantastic. Also, Alison Brie, Aubrey Plaza, uh, the wonderful Dan Levy, Mary Holland, Victor Garber plays the father in this, and Mary Steenburgen, uh, the Christmas queen, uh, Christmas movie queen herself, uh, she plays Harper's mother. And I have to say that one of my favorite characters in this entire film is played by Levy, uh, is the character of John. And he proves to be such an amazing best friend to Abby. And I think he's the type of friend that everybody wants, but most importantly, that everybody should strive to be. I think that John knows that he can only do so much for Abby, but he's going to do all of that for her. He's going to be there for her. He's going to answer her calls. He's going to offer up advice. He's going to listen when all she wants to do is talk. I I think that he was just such a fantastic character, and I really loved him in this. And I also love the fact that the movie uses the backdrop of Christmas to prove that not everything or everyone is always so positive when it comes to the holiday season. And there is so much growth from the characters in this movie. Obviously, Mackenzie has, she's one of the main characters in this, and she struggles to let her her parents and her family know who she truly is. And that is one of her secrets. And her other sister is currently getting divorced, but she lies to her parents and still brings her husband, uh, or soon-to-be ex-husband, with her. Uh, to sort of show off this facade of who they really are. And the other sister, who's a little wacky and a little bit out there, uh, feels like she's not appreciated enough by her parents. So I think it's 
it's a movie that a lot of people can connect with because I think there are a lot of people sometimes who don't feel validated in their own families and maybe don't feel like they can be themselves and it finally hits its tipping point in this movie and Mackenzie is like I look I love Abby and she's my partner and this is who we are and we're not going to lie to you anymore and it takes Mackenzie a little bit to get there but I think it shows that there's some people who do have that struggle and it is hard for them and you can't And this is something that I think John brings up is that he, that just because Abby was so easily able to come out, that doesn't mean it's so easy for the the character of Harper either uh, to do it as well. So I, I think it's just a really, really strong film overall. And it's one that I'm going to continue to go back to because it's just... It's so well written. It's so well acted. It hits the holiday feels. It hits the the any of the type of feels that you're looking for this time of year. But before I reveal my number one movie on my list, there are a few honorable mentions I need to get out of the way. First on my list, it goes to the Disney film, a Disney Plus film of Noel. It was released in 2019. It stars Anna Kendrick and Bill Hader. The movie is kind of just elf with a female lead who is Santa's daughter instead of being an elf but it still works it's still funny it's not one I have to go back to each and every year but it is a fun sweet little movie Uh, another honorable mention for me goes to Klaus Uh, it's the animated film that debuted in 2019 it starred Jason Schwartzman uh, Rashida Jones J.K. Simmons Will Sasso Norm Macdonald Joan Cusack I mean that cast alone is stacked uh, I, I wrestled a bit with putting either this at number five or putting Krampus at number five. This is more of your traditional Christmas movie. It's a little fresher take on the Santa mythos, uh, but it's fun, and it's a good family movie, I think, as well. And the last honorable mention for me goes to another Netflix original, Love Hard. It debuted in 2021. It stars Nina Dobrev uh, and Jimmy O. Yang. It leans very heavily into the rom-com lane. It can be a bit predictable, but there's still a lot about the movie I enjoyed. And I also really like Jimmy O. Yang. I had only known him a little bit from his stand-up that I'd seen previously online, but I knew him as a very, very one-dimensional character on Silicon Valley. So I was happy to see him get a chance to spread his legs a little bit and show his acting chops. So I definitely think that one is worth watching, but certainly not a family movie so with the honorable mentions out of the way it is now time for number one on my list and that goes to christmas chronicles he sees you when you're sleeping he knows when you're awake he knows if you've been bad or good stop kids aren't stupid They know how it works. Sorry, Santa. Hot Cupid! Hot Comet! Hey, check it out! Give me the camera! It's Santa Claus! Live and in person. One night only. You don't look like Santa Claus. Well, billboards add 80 pounds. Christmas is in trouble. Imagine if we all work together. 
I have seen a lot of strange things, but this... Wait till you see what happens next. If you ever meet Mrs. Claus, maybe just skip this part. All want to go on the naughty list? Mm -hmm. All right, let's get back to work. This movie was released in 2018 on Netflix, and I immediately fell in love with the idea of Kurt Russell as Santa Claus. From his suit to his sleigh and his overall aura as Santa Claus. He is the big man in red. I feel like if I would have been younger when I first saw this movie, this is how I would envision Santa Claus. A lot in my brain from a youngster is I either I either see Tim Allen as Santa Claus from the Santa Claus or maybe Richard Attenborough from Miracle on 34th Street as Santa Claus in my mind. And I think for a, a much younger audience, uh, a lot of them might view Kurt Russell as Santa Claus. And I know some people don't like it. He doesn't have a pure white beard. He has the darker grayish beard. But I like that. I kind of liked this rough and tumble, rock and roll type Santa Claus. A nice little change of pace, as it were, uh, from what we normally see with Santa. And this movie, it centers around a young girl named Kate and her brother Teddy. They're both struggling following the passing of their father. And Kate tries to catch Santa in the act at her house. And they get roped into this big adventure. And it's it, it has a lot of feels of adventures and babysitting vibes. They're kind of jumping all over the place and going to all these very different places. It's very fun. But I love in the end where you think this whole time that they're trying to find Santa's hat. And that's where he gets his magic and all these things. But rather, Santa is trying to help these two kids sort of grieve the loss of their father to work together and to be better for their mother. Uh, you know, Teddy's off stealing cars in this in the beginning of this movie. So he's kind of doing what he can to bring these siblings back together. And that I very much liked. It also has a heart of gold. Goldie Hawn plays Mrs. Uh, Mrs. Claus that you see at the very, very end. My biggest negative with this, and I would assume it's the same negative for a lot of people, is the elves. I do not like the elves in this movie at all. Uh, they are like these Norwegian gnome-looking, very CGI'd things for lack of better words so i do not like them i wish the elves would have been more human-like uh possibly they also had the the follow-up to this movie the christmas chronicles 2 which i did not enjoy as much as this one but this one very specifically has become a staple in my canon i watch it each and every year it is so fun it's just like a fun little less than two hour type movie that you get in you get out but you get your feels you get a strong uh, a strong santa claus lead and all that so i i mean what's not to like about that so to wrap up my list here on a tgi podcast for my favorite movies of the last decade excluding 2022 
Number five was Krampus. Number four was 8-Bit Christmas. Number three, A Boy Called Christmas. Number two, Happiest Season. And number one, The Christmas Chronicles. So I gotta ask, do you agree? Do you disagree? Let me know. Uh, you can comment on our Facebook or Instagram pages. You can find us by searching TGI Podcast. You can find me on Twitter as long as Twitter stays alive at Matt Yurich, M-A-T-T-E-U-R-I-C-H. Thanks again for listening. I will then be back hopefully very soon with another episode. So if I don't speak to you before then, Merry Christmas. I hope you all have a very happy holiday. And I'll talk to you all again very soon. The TGI Podcast is written, produced, and hosted by me, Matt Yurick. Our social media is available by searching for TGI Podcast on Facebook and Instagram. And the music for this outro was provided by Carlo Espin, licensed under CC BY 4.0.